how great thou art. Thanks be to God. Thanks, Brad. Heard about a youth pastor um, who decided to start a youth band, you know, which is a good thing. We enjoy our youth band. They lead us on a lot of Wednesday nights. Um, worshipped uh, group, and uh, so he'd put it together, and he began to, they began to teach and began to work, and the senior pastor got wind of it and said, hey, that's a great idea. Why don't they lead worship on Sunday? He didn't check with the youth pastor ahead of time and, and uh, made the plans, and youth pastor heard of it and said, you know, um, I don't really think they're ready. Uh, I, I just don't know that that... He said, listen, we've printed it in the bulletin. I mean, once it's in the bulletin, it's there. You know, what are we going to do? They, they, they got to be there on, on Sunday. So they came, and, and uh, uh, the youth pastor's up there with them, and he, he's going to get them started. And he says, don't worry, I'm going to be right here and make sure that transitions go okay. And he says, here's part of the deal. If you don't feel like you really know a piece that, you know, we're on, or maybe a line or some chords, you just don't play for that. Just, just pretend you're playing. They said, Okay. So they got started, they had the opening prayer, and, uh, and he got them started, you know, ready, set, go, and <laughs> resounding silence, but a whole bunch of teens doing this. Um, sometimes I think that we in the church are like the youth group band. We're unsure of our parts, we're tentative in our roles, we're, we're reluctant to, to really sing out or trumpet the music of faith that... God desires for us. And I think that's sometimes because we have trouble in deciding the things that are most important to us. There was a story a a number of years ago in San Antonio, Texas. It was an August uh, day. It's 99 degrees outside. And a little 10-month-old baby was locked inside the car. Her aunt left the keys in the car. And mom and aunt are running around the car frantically. They can see the keys sitting on the seat. And, uh, and the little girl is screaming, and uh, the neighbor comes out with a, a coat hanger and is trying to open the car, and, and things are starting to get pretty serious. It becomes a, a life-and-death situation after a few minutes until Fred got there. Fred, the tow truck driver, arrives on the scene, and he grabs a hammer out of the back of the truck, and he smashes the side window, and he frees the, the, the purple baby. You would think he would be a hero. But no, this is the quote in the San Antonio Tribune. He's quoted, The lady was mad at me because I broke her window. I thought, lady, what's more important, the baby or the window? You know, most of the choices that we make in life, many of them are not between the trivial and the important. A lot of the choices that we make in life are between what's important to us and what's more important to us. Most of the the choices that we make are are between some things that are good and some things that might need to be better. This morning's gospel is so timely for us because it talks about what are the most important things to concentrate on. As we gather in worship today, we affirm that, that God's greatest blessing, the gift that he has given us, is his love. God's love that forgives our sins and, and makes us uh, one with him. God's love that brings us together in fellowship. God's love that, that helps us be a people that, that are sent forth to proclaim the good news, to, to live out our faith, to be his hands and feet in the community in which we live. And as God's people, we gather today as a congregation to affirm what is most important to us. Our relationship with him and our relationship with each other. I want to invite you to turn to the gospel reading this morning, the gospel of John. And if you're able to stand 
for the reading of the gospel. John chapter 13, starting at verse 31. These are Jesus' words. John chapter 13, starting at 31. When he had gone, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man is glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will glorify the Son in himself and will glorify him at once. My children, I will be with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and just as I have told the Jews, so I tell you now, where I am going, you cannot come. And this is where he gets to the meat of what he's saying. He's saying, you know what? I don't have much time with you. So I don't have much time, so here's what I want to tell you. Because you would think that when you're getting ready to leave, you're, you're telling the most important things, right? Here's what I want you to know. Verse 34. A new command, not suggestion, a new command I give you. Love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. The word of God for the people of God, and we say together, Thanks be to God. You can be seated. And you saw that passage this morning, and maybe some of you said, said, Chad, I've heard that passage before. Not this passage again. And true enough, I, I looked at my notes, and I preached on that passage three years ago in 2016. And I preached on that passage six years ago in 2013. And you might be saying to yourself, couldn't we have found some obscure passage that I've never heard about? I mean, twice in, I mean I've heard it twice in six years. Couldn't we have some obscure passage that, that you could unlock the deep mysteries that are contained within it? I'll make you a deal. When we get this right, I'll stop bringing it up. Can I tell you that I think these are some of the most important words in Scripture? Jesus is, he's about to leave. He is trying to pour into his disciples. And he's saying these words. Can I tell you that I think that these are some of the most important and some of the hardest words in the Bible. And I think often some of the most neglected verses in the Bible. Not in our words, but in our action. If I was to say to my daughter, Lindy, go clean your room. And, uh, and she was to go, and I come back a little later, and her room isn't clean. And I say, you know, your room isn't clean. And she says, well, Dad, you know, yeah, I did that three years ago. And then I have to have this conversation to say, this is not a one-time event. This is an ongoing thing that you're supposed to do. And so I send her off to clean her room. And what if she was, I was to look, and it wasn't clean? And I say, Linda, your room isn't clean. And she would say, Dad, Dad, I went up to my room. And I thought about your words. I thought long and hard about them. I pondered them in my heart. I meditated upon them. I even memorized your words, Dad. They're good enough to be on a, on a bookmark, Dad. They're that good. They're great words, Dad. What am I going to say to her? I'm not looking to make a bookmark, Lindy. I want you to clean your room. And so I send her off to clean her room again, and I look a little later, and it's not clean. And, and, and she comes, would come back to me and say, um, you know, Dad, I know you asked me to clean my room. Let me, let me tell you what I did. I, I invited some friends over, and we went up to my room, and we sat in a circle, and we thought about your words, 
And we broke them down individually, the root of your words. And we looked at the cultural significance, Dad, of your words. And and we talked about what they meant to us individually, Dad. Oh, Dad, those are great, great words. What do you think I'm going to say to her? I asked you to clean your room. See, what's, what's most of all important is that God's desire for us to love him and to love each other. We may tithe, we may teach, we may sing and sacrifice. We may visit on behalf of the congregation, preach the gospel, clean the kitchen, sew the quilts, sponsor the youth, mow the grass. All of these things are vital, and a vital important part of what it means to be the faith community. They're all wonderful things about doing life together. But if we're not doing them out of the, the desire to love God and to love each other, if that's not the default response of our life, then we are missing really the joy and freedom that God has for us. One of my favorite cartoons, Charlie Brown, Lucy stands in, in front of, uh, of Charlie. She's got that look. She's got her arms folded. And, uh, and Charlie says to her, almost exasperated, he says, Lucy, you've got to be more loving. Lucy, make the world a better place. You need to be someone who loves the world. And she twirls around and knocks Charlie Brown down like she often does. And she says, look, blockhead, I love the world. It's people I can't stand. (laughs) And I think sometimes we can identify with that. It's easy to love in the abstract. It's easy to say, I love the world. It's easy to say, I love in general. We have no problem with that. It's the people around us that drive us crazy. And it is precisely the people around us, the people that are near us, the people that we work with, the people we go to school with, the people who who we sit in church with, those are the people that God has called us to love. Love in action is what we're talking about this morning. Next week, we start in talking about faith in action. Love which expresses kindness, courtesy, tolerance. Jesus calls us to love one another and to bring that love to light by the way we treat each other. It's easy to love people in general. It's easy to affirm that all the world needs is love. It's another thing to actually take action, to make love concrete in our attitudes and our actions towards one another. We're going to give you a concrete opportunity together as a church coming up on June 9th to serve Ponderay. The city council's watching. The residents are watching. Are we who we say we are? Do we just talk a good game about how we love our community, or do we actually do something about it? Somebody once said, we may have a heart of gold, but so does a hard-boiled egg. We're judged by our actions, not our intentions. Love one another. As a congregation of God's people, we're called to love one another, to set aside our preconceived notions of who is acceptable to God and who is not. Or to hold back because we think that somebody's not working hard enough to deserve it. For the ground at the foot of the cross is equal. It is level. We are all sinners. We have all fallen short of the glory of God. And the goodness of God's grace, which is given to us, not by what we do or not by what we earn, but because of who we are. It's his love that unites us. It's his love that we are called to share with one another. That means that our lives have to be characterized by love in action. Jesus says, as I have loved you, love one another. 
most things that I read said that, that uh, they believe that love is, at the heart of it, is a learned response. And how do you learn that? By watching others learn. If you watch people be mean, you can be mean. If you watch people love, it teaches you to love. That's what we're talking about this morning. Learning to love one another and thinking about those that we're investing in by the way that we live. Our congregation has this, this purpose to come together to help others learn about who Christ is. Part of that is to help us understand how to love. I think one of the things our church does really well is love people. And you've showed that this week in a lot of ways, but two big ways, in the ways that you love the Linker family this week and the ways that so many of you participated to, to work, and it's a lot of work, to work to help kids go to camp. I'm proud of our church, and I'm proud that we were a people who love well and that help others love well. But it's when we love, we learn to do it better. We learn to do it outside the walls of this place. We learn to do it not just in the church kind of function, but to understand that we are the church individually in all the places that God sends us, and that we can live that out because of the blessing of Christ in our life. So we know this word that Jesus gives us today, this command. Not a suggestion, not a, hey, if this feels good. Not love the ones who are easy, but he gives this command not as a legalistic requirement. Rather, it's a natural response to living into the love of God. I love that thought, because a lot of times you think of command as some kind of legalistic requirement. You must do this. But that's not what he's saying. He's saying... You must love because the love of God flows through you. If the love of God is really flowing through you, it really becomes no choice. And so if you're having trouble loving this way, then you better check what the love is looking like this way. Love in action. You want to know how to learn to love better? Fall more in love with Jesus. We live in a world that is increasingly hostile to Christian faith, a world that grows more self-centered each day, a world that seems to have lost the meaning of the word sacrifice. But we also need to recognize that we're a part of this world, that we are also people that sometimes find it difficult to love one another. We're also part of the people who sometimes struggle with the priorities and the calendar of our, of our life, and, and that often there are times that we fail to show the love of God to others and that, that sometimes our, our offerings to the church and kingdom of our life are far from sacrificial. We aren't always perfect in our love. Can I meddle a little bit? Some would say you already are. Um, can I meddle a little more? This week, I heard a follower of Jesus use a racial slur to describe someone from Mexico. Like somehow we are better than our neighbors to the south. Last week I heard a follower of Jesus disparage the Russian immigrants in Spokane and compare them to the Boston Marathon bomber. Like somehow we are more superior than the Russians just south of us. Almost every week, I hear followers of Jesus make anything but loving comments about one or the other or both of the U.S. political parties. 
And I'm reminded what a man said to Abraham Lincoln when he said, I hope God is on our side. And Abraham Lincoln's response was, I hope we are on God's side. Can we have substantive disagreements? Absolutely. But how often does the world see Christians lead with venom rather than lead with grace? And I got to tell you, that poisons people to Jesus. Jesus is giving a command. Love one another. Don't love the people who just look like you, who think like you, who act like you. Jesus is giving a command. Love one another. I take the commands of Jesus pretty seriously. You want to know how to better follow this command? Fall more in love with Jesus. You know, I know I've told this story before, but it's one of the, it's a big God moment in my life. I'm becoming more and more convinced that, especially as I get older and I have more stories to tell, um, that a lot of them have nothing to do with anything. And that we need to, and some of, I listen to your stories, some of your stories have nothing to do with anything either. We need to be a better job of telling the God stories of our life. Those moments in which God has impacted us and, and has come into our, into, right into, right into the, the, the life where we live. Those ought to be the stories that we're passing on to our kids. Those ought to be the stories we're sharing over coffee, talking about the God moments of our life. Well, I had a God moment at, at uh, Joel's food truck a number of years ago. How many people have been around long enough to remember Joel's restaurant as a food truck? Right? Might surprise some of you. Well, before Pastor Kobe was our associate pastor, we had Pastor Mike, and before Mike, we had Pastor Craig, and before Craig, our associate pastor was Phil Griffin. And, and Phil and I were at lunch at the food truck at Joel's, and they had a couple, a couple uh, picnic tables that was out there. That's all that was there. And we're sitting there at the picnic table, and we're having lunch, and three people walk up, two men and a woman. And these were rough-looking people. I mean, can I be honest? They were kind of scary-looking people. I mean, the kind of scary where mothers are taking their children off the sidewalk, you know, as they, as they come by. And, and we're sitting there at the sidewalk, or at the, the picnic table, and, and it was about to come out of my mouth something that was not very uplifting or very kind. And, and as I opened up my mouth, Phil beat me to it. And he said, you know, I just can't help but smile when I look at those three because I know that God loves them so much he sent Jesus for them just like he did for us. And I thought, oh, that is not what I was thinking. And it was almost like I heard God's spirit say, you got it, Phil. You are loving just like I love. I told you these are some of the most important words I think that Jesus speaks to us. And he speaks them to anyone who wants to be a follower. How will people know you're a follower of Jesus? By how you choose to love. So let me challenge you to two things this week. And let them not be like Lindy room cleaning kind of challenges, okay? I mean, let them be things that you actually think about doing. First, to fall deeper in love with Jesus this week. And that will take some intentionality. It will take you carving out some time. It will take you making some space. Finding the time to, to be in his word. Finding the time to be in prayer. Finding the time to just listen. How long has it been since we've just listened and said, Lord, where would you have me go? What would you have me do? Fall deeper in love with Jesus this week. Second, 
Choose two people in your life that are hard to love. Now, honestly, I don't need to give you time to think about it because two people came to your mind immediately. Let's limit it to two. They might even be related to you. But to choose two people this week that you would make a conscious effort to show them some some act of love. And I'm not talking about love in your head, like, oh yeah, I'm going to love him more. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a conscious way that shows love to them. They might not reciprocate at all. Doesn't matter. You're not doing it for them. You're doing it as an offering to the Lord that says, you know how people are going to know that I'm a follower of Jesus? I think that if we could, if we could, if we could dig into that scripture, what Jesus was saying, I'm not sure that Jesus is saying, people will know you're a follower by how you love easy people. I think what Jesus is really saying is, people will know you're a follower of Jesus by how you love the hard people. By how you give grace when grace isn't deserved. Find two people this week, two of your tough ones, where this is how people will know you're a disciple of his, by how you love. Let's not be the teen worship band. Now, we don't always know all the notes. We, we certainly don't have the instruments mastered. But let's not sit in silence and pretend. Let's take up our instruments. Even if we're not the best at them. Let's take them up and play. Let the band strike up a, a tune. Let, let the musical score and the notes that are laid out before us be ones that we don't just look at on the page and say, boy, those are mighty good words. But instead, let's let them infect who we are. Let's them, let them inform who we are and send who we are. For Jesus said, as I have loved you, love one another. Would you stand? Father, this morning, we're so thankful to have been here with you in this place. So thankful to, to gather together and to recognize that you are our God and we are your people. To pray that we would... Uh, we would have open eyes to hear and to sense your spirit, to be reminded that you are writing a story in us, and we want our story to be your story. And then we open up these words, and they're just a simple couple verses, and yet they are so profoundly important. God, we have been so loved in so many ways. Help us to be a people that not experience that love in ways that just change our heart and eyes and ears to be yours. God, I have no doubt you will give us an opportunity this week to love in hard ways. In fact, some of us have even committed this morning to, to think of two people in our life that we would just offer a simple act of love towards. So when we have those hard moments, would your spirit just come and give grace and peace in our life and help us to be a people who live out our faith so that others might know whose disciple we are. We're a disciple of the one who laid down his life 
So we go from this place, being your hands and your feet, giving thanks. Lord, help us play the instrument loud. We're not always very good at it, but help us to be a people who love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Lord bless you as you go.